Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to attend my next live training on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about technology and your productivity. To register, click the link in the show notes or click the link in the banner at my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, Brooke Chestnut, we are going to be talking about generations and connecting with generations. This is an absolutely fascinating conversation with Brooke Chestnut. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Looking forward to speaking with you today. Yeah, I'm too, because we're going to be talking about something that is going to apply to people in this day and age as we're fighting this global zombie apocalypse pandemic. But before we get to the topic of the show, why don't you take about 20 seconds or so, tell us who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Brooke Chestnut. I um, spent 38 years in corporate America uh, as a salesperson, as a sales manager, um, as an executive, and then really grown into a leader. And I am passionate about leadership. And because I'm a baby boomer and I have two millennial children, I've had some great perspective on how to find a way to connect all the generations, not so much in their home, in the family, in the community, but also in the workforce. And today, more than ever, I believe because boomers are living longer and they want to be a part of something, but also these younger people need mentoring and the boomers can do that, but we can also learn from these younger people. So there's a, a, a great connection here that I think is being missed. And I would love to talk more about that and maybe give our listeners a couple of ideas that they could take away to impact what they're trying to do um, in their workforce or in their family. I love it. And I will say that, you know, we've got uh, boomers, millennials, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z. And I was thinking the other day, we got to go back to the beginning of the alphabet. And start, the next generation has got to be Gen A, I think. We need to go back to Gen A, Gen B, Gen <laughs> C. I mean, we're, we're not using the beginning of the alphabet here, Brooke. we got to go back and give some respect to the first letters of the alphabet. Patience. <laughs> Patience, Mark. Because I have a granddaughter. She will be five years old in August. Okay. And she was born in 2015. Anyone that was from 2015 on, they are going to be part of Generation Alpha. Oh, so there is an LA. Okay. There's an Alpha. And they're coming after Gen Z. Okay. Well, it's interesting because they call it Gen, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen, Gen, Gen Z. Y, Gen Z. Instead of going Gen A, they're going to call it Gen Alpha. So we don't want to use just a single letter, I guess. I guess it offends people. So, okay, Generation Alpha. So that's interesting. So, so Correct. what are, break us down real quick because I always get confused who's a boomer, who's a millennial, who's Gen X, Gen Y, Gen, Gen Z. So, what age group, what birth years do fall into each generation? Do you know? Well, well, the, the, the boomers, are 1946 to 1964. Oh, just outside there. Okay. And then from 64 to 1980 are Gen X. That's me. 
from 1980 to 1995 are the millennials or Gen Y. Oh, so Gen Y is the millennials. Gotcha. Correct. And then from 1995 to the year 2010 are Gen Z. Okay. So anyone born after 2010 is going to be part of the alpha generation. That's interesting. So I just missed the cutoff for the boomers. I am a Gen <laughs> X because I was born in 1965. 1965. Yes. Now that's interesting because anyone that is born between the two to three years between generations, they are always known as a cusper. Really? In other words, they're part, they're born on the cusp of two different generations. Okay. And my, my mantra to HR people is go down your list of employees and see who is close to being a cusper because the cusper has the ability to, to connect, translate, educate, mentor two different generations. The one that they're in and the one that's above them or below them. That's interesting. So, I had never heard that before. So I am a cusper. So interesting. I, Good for you. And you you have what I call special DNA. Does that, okay. can, can we call it special powers too? Okay, sure. <laughs> but, but instead of being, you know, rock solid in the middle of a generation, you're on the cusp of two. And Gen X, I believe, are so valuable because they connect with the boomers, but they also connect with the millennials. Mm. And as you know, in the next five years, Five years, 2025, 75% of the workforce will be comprised of the millennial generation. Wow. Think about that for just a minute. Because they're the largest generation on the planet. Yeah. And yeah. Gen Z is coming up behind them. Gen X is going to be in leadership positions. So boomers might be around, but maybe they're close to retirement. Um, that's where I'm at. Okay. I'm getting close. I'm getting close, but I have too much to share well, and to help. Well, I, I will tell you this. This is a clean podcast, so don't say that our word, retire. I, I do not want to retire. I love what I do, and I'm aiming, I'm aiming for triple digits. I love what I do. I wake up every day, and especially when I get to talk to someone like you, I get to do another podcast interview. I love what I do. So when people say the R word, I'm like, don't use that vulgar language in front of me. Because if you want to retire... Mazel tov, go ahead and retire. But for me, I can't imagine sitting around and, well, I don't play golf, sitting watching you watch TV or something like that. I, I love what I do, and I, I want to do what I do the rest of my life. And you are not alone because boomers, as you know, are healthier. They're living longer. They don't want to retire. They want to keep doing. They want to still contribute. They want to be a part of something. They want to mentor, coach, do whatever they can. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money. It's about the journey. Yes. And the journey is what is important to them. And if they can fulfill not only their own hearts and passion, but also help others find their passion, then the world is going to be a much better place. So 100%. I agree with, I agree with you on that. And that's why I'm continuing well into my sixties, seventies. I'll just keep doing my thing because I love it. 
Excellent. So let's talk about connection because you bring up an interesting point. I don't think we've ever talked about this on the Mark Stuchowski podcast before. You know, different generations. We are raised differently. Now, I was born in 1965. And up until I think maybe early 80s, maybe late 70s, I don't remember back that far. You know, we had four TV stations. We had ABC, CBS, NBC, and PBS. This was before Fox. And if the president was on, you could either watch what was on PBS or watch the president. there was no video games there. And so those people in that generation, you fast forward to 2020, you know, we live on our phones now. And I remember when I volunteered at the youth group, in my church, they go, how did you survive without a phone or without apps, without the internet? I'm like, we didn't know what it was. How can you miss something you didn't know what to have? So how do, how do we connect the gaps between generations effectively? Well, I was born in 1958. Okay. Okay. So I got seven, seven years on you. And so as I grew up, all I did was leave the house in the morning, play outside, and then come home at night. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad didn't know where I was. <laughs> I didn't have a watch. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have video games. I had none of that. And so as I have grown and I've become, wow, I have a car phone. That was the most extraordinary <laughs> thing ever. I have a phone in my car. Yeah. And then the internet. And then, you know, websites. And what happened was my children, who were born in 1986 and 1989, they started to uh, get all of these electronics and uh, different pieces and devices. And I was fascinated by it. And I just noticed that I was trying to be a parent to them, teaching them manners and good uh, basic skills of house cleaning, but also bodily cleaning and Mm -hmm. going to school and being responsible, blah, blah, blah. But they were coaching me on how to use the internet and websites. And now it's all about Snapchat. Mm -hmm. It's all about Instagram. It's all about these, all these things that I don't know how they work, but what we're doing is we are actually connecting because I call it dual mentorship. My young folks who are now in their early 30s (laughs) are mentoring me on all these new applications that come out and what I need to do to connect with people on Instagram, for instance. But I'm still coaching them on being a better listener, having a better uh, idea about culture, because they're starting to get into leadership positions at their companies. So that's one way I believe this connection has evolved over time. Let me ask you you this question. When you were talking about dual mentorship, this question just popped in my head. Do you think it would be more difficult for a millennial in 2021 to be transported back to, let's say, 1805? Or would it be more difficult and adapt? Or would it be more difficult for someone, a a similar age person in 1805, to be transported to 2020? Which which person do you think would have the most struggle and why? (laughs) I would think both of those people are going to struggle. Okay. And it's because it's such uh, the, 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 the revolution in technology in the past five years. Yes. Equals to what's happened in the last 60 years. So someone coming from 1805 is not going to be able to catch up. 
They and would be, someone, I imagine they would be lost. They would have no idea. Right. They would have no idea. Could they, but, they have phones back in 1805? No. Okay, so, I mean, well, maybe they did. Alexander Graham Bell invented it in 1860, I think. Okay. But, but anyway, but, the, but the, the, to transport someone in their 30s back to 1805, they are they're lost. <laughs> they don't have a clue. You know, they got to be manual labor and breaking rocks with <laughs> sticks. Yeah. Oh, uh, complete upside down, I think, for both of those instances based on what's happened so quickly. And in every six months, something's going to change. Yes. I remember when I graduated, my 12th year in high school was 1983. And the big thing about being a senior is you got to go to computer lab. We, we got to work on Apple Apple twos. Okay. Now when the kid's born, they're still in the delivery room. They're handed an iPhone and the Mac. It's, it's crazy yeah. how our technology oh, yeah. has changed. Oh, yeah. And what better place to connect all the generations? Think about this. Walk into an Apple store. You have children who are eight and nine years old looking at the same technology that people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s are looking at all in one place. Mm -hmm. It is a culture that I believe fits every generation. And Apple has been brilliant at doing that at the Apple store. And I think that's a great example of where all the generations can come together. Now, you remember back in the day when you'd get a computer and you'd get this user manual. And now Apple doesn't come with user manuals. And I remember a couple of years ago, I saw a story where I think it was a missionary. He was over in Africa and he had an iPad. And a kid who's never seen technology before went up to him, took his iPad and started using it. The kid didn't even speak English. And that's what I think technology has to be. You like you, to your point about the Apple store, it's got to be so easy to use that people naturally use it because no one's going to take a course to learn how to use an iPhone or an iPad. They just want to use it. Correct. But that to me, it embraces what I've always believed that the generations can all come together and the Apple store is, is where it happens. And it's only going to get more and more technical mm. as time goes on. And that's that's fine, but I rely on my children, my millennial children, to coach me. That that's very interesting. So let's talk about COVID nineteen. Um, a lot of people lost their jobs, and it broke my heart to see people a lose their jobs, but then yeah. b they came home and they decided, well, I'm going to binge watch all these shows on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime Video or whatever the case may be. That's how I'm going to spend my time, which I guess is okay for the first couple of days. But now, three, four months later, all they do is either play video games all day or they're binge watching TV all day. And I'm a big fan of structure. I mean, I ha maybe have a family reading hour, maybe go for family walks or something. And I, I just don't think people are understanding that we are eventually going to get over this. And when you come out yeah. the other side, you're going to look back like, wow, I wasted my time these last several months. Correct. Absolutely right. So I think what COVID has done is it's made us a remote workforce, mm -hmm. obviously, but more and more people now are noticing, wow, I can do this from my house. You know, I can put on a coat and a nice shirt with my slippers on and my pajama <laughs> bottoms on and still have a productive meeting with people. I can mm -hmm. still connect via video. I can have a virtual partner. Um, 
I would say to my, my suggestion is get outside, yes. be with nature, uh, try to have, if you're in leadership, give your people the flexibility of work. Let them work at 2 a.m. in the morning. Let them work on the weekends. Let them have a day off on a Wednesday. Whatever it is, give them the flexibility because now not only are they stuck at home, but their kids are stuck at home. Yeah. <clears throat> if they don't go back to school, then they got to juggle yep. all of this stuff, but it can be done because we're virtual yes. and we can get things done in a very systematic way. <clears throat> and when we do come back, to the workforce and everything is going to be normal. We have an even better connection. And yeah. I, I think that's an opportunity that's wasted if you sit at home and watch Netflix and all that stuff. But yeah, I, I think what people <clears throat> should do is have a structure. So in other words, even if you have no job, you look at tomorrow and you're okay. What do I want to do tomorrow? I don't care if it's just you and your wife or you and your wife and kids in the zoo. Plan your day. Get the whole family involved. Okay, let's. we're going to have a library hour, so we're all going to read, and then yep. we're going to watch TV as a family, yep. and we're all going to go for a family walk. This way, because kids like structure. They go to school, they have structure. They yeah. have this class at this time, this class, and they go to lunch. And so I, and when you go to work, you have structure. So I think you should build structure in your day, but I think people are taking the lazy way out. They're just going, well, you know, I, I've, I've earned this. Well, that's fine for the first couple of days, but now three, four months into this thing, you're still watching Netflix. I mean, eventually you're going to watch everything you want to watch. Then what are you going to do? You're still going to burn, exactly. burning your time. And this is not the end of civilization. We are going to come out the other end. And I keep telling that to people. People, and I'm like, you know, this is a prime opportunity because these people have been telling me for years, I don't have time to get, get into personal development or take that course or learn this skill. Well, this is the time because totally. when the when the economy ramps back up again, we're over this thing, we get a vaccine or whatever, you're going to be left behind because all these other people have been trying to better themselves during this time. Sure. And I've been inundated <clears throat> by all these professional organizations who are offering free webinars. Great way to get educated. Mm -hmm. Great way to get new ideas. Get your teams to think about which ones do you want to pick and have a very versatile group of webinars, podcasts, anything that you can learn from. But I think one of the things that we can do more now is read. Yes. Get some good books, get some good subjects, and really get back into reading, studying. Yes. And that's what I've been doing with all of this data that I've gotten <laughs> and I create virtual consultation and workshops. I do virtual workshops and yeah. it, it's been awesome to the, connect the with thing, business professionals. Yeah. The thing I like about reading now at age 55 is I can read for the enjoyment. I don't have to take a test. And so I've been reading a lot of uh, Bill O'Reilly's killing series. And I, I'm a big fan of World War II and killing Patton was, I learned stuff about World War II in that book that I never realized because Bill O'Reilly used to be a history teacher. And, but I can, I can read the book any book, whether it's a sales book, marketing book, history book, and just like, wow, this is, I want to learn this. So I go out and get the book. And I think a lot of people need to read. I read Mark Cuban read, reads like three hours a day. Warren Buffett reads three, four hours a day. There's a reason why these people are billionaires. And if you yeah. look at the most successful people in the world, most of them spend a lot of time yeah. reading and the people are struggling to make ends meet. They go, I don't have time to read. I'm like, really? So you're watching six hours of TV a night, but you don't have time to read. And I think yeah. it comes down to priorities. Yeah. And I think that's at, at some point in my career, I think I was in my thirties or forties. I had a mentor 
who said, Brooke, stop watching Sports Center and ESPN. Get a book. Mm. And so now it's been 22 years I've been reading voraciously, and it's completely changed not only how I've been leading, but how I speak. But more importantly, the, the greatest thing I've learned is I've learned to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. And that has benefited me a great deal. Yes. And my kids, my kids, I got to get them off their devices. Get <laughs> off the device. Here's a book. Come on. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, it's it really is. really hard. And I think parents would push back on me. I can't get my kid away from that device. I said, you've got to work on it. You've Hmm. got to have some time. That's when I say you go outside and leave your device in the house. Well, I think it's funny is they go, some people will say, well, there's nothing wrong with devices. You know, you go to restaurants and, and, you know, people will be texting. And then when the, when the internet goes down or their phone dies, they don't know what to do themselves. You know, I don't have a problem watching TV. Okay. I, I, you want to watch TV, you want to watch sports center. There's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But the point is you have got to make it a priority. Okay. I'm going to watch sports center, but I'm also going to read. And here's the thing. When you're watching TV, don't watch it live. Okay. So if you want to watch sports center to use your analogy, record it. Then you watch it and you can fast forward through the stories you don't want or fast forward yeah, through the commercials. Yeah. So you can still watch TV. Don't watch six hours of TV a night, but you can still watch TV. I mean, my wife and I watch TV every night. Nothing is live because there may be something Well, we don't watch the news, but we watch a lot of stuff that's streaming. We get the streaming package without the commercials. So right now, yeah. because nothing's coming back and probably till January, February with new programming. So someone says, Hey, have you heard about blue bloods and blue bloods been out for, I don't know, since Jesus walked the earth. And I'm like, Oh no, I don't know anything about it. So we went back, we got CBS all access and we're watching blue bloods in the beginning. It's got 218 episodes. Got plenty of time because they're not coming back until, like I said, until 2021. So, right. but we don't sit there and watch nine episodes a night. We watch one or two right. episodes. There's no commercials, so it takes 43 minutes. But I still get my reading in. I still yeah. get what I need to get done, done. And so when I yeah. sit down and watch TV, I'm watching it guilt-free. Yep. And so I think we have the time to do it. And I think if you invest that time wisely, and reading is a great source of I don't know, knowledge, companionship, yes. um, self-passion. I mean, you find your passions, you focus on that, and then you can share with others. And I believe that's paid dividends for me, for sure. I agree with you. Yes. So what is uh, one or two books you've read recently that you really enjoyed that you'd like to share with us? Um, the one of them was called The Millennial Takeover. Oh. How, how, gen- how this generation... <clears throat> Is going to be shaking up the workplace. Okay. Interesting. And it's, and it's a brilliant read because of the statistic I just shared with you earlier. Mm. Five years, just five years. It's going to go like that. Yes. Oh, yeah. But the workforce is going to change dramatically. And here's this, this tremendous, uh, you know, just, brilliant look at how these different the generations are going to change the way the workforce is going to be handled. And whether you're my generation, younger, older, whatever, if you're aware of it, if you see it, if you think about it, you're going to be able to adapt. You're going to be able to communicate. You're going to be able to leverage the skill sets that the millennials have, but also help coach them be better leaders. Yeah, I love that uh, dual mentorship. I've never heard that, but I can see it happening. And uh, 
That was very interesting. So uh, before I let you go, I got to ask you, where can we find you more online? Because you gave us a lot to think about. And I know people are going to want to reach out to you after the show. So where can we find you? www.brookchestnut.com. Okay. And no T. Chestnut. No T in the middle. (laughs) B-R-O-O-K-E-C-H-E-S-N-U-T.com. And if you can't remember that, it's going to be in the show notes. You just click the link. It'll take you to the same place. And that is my website. Uh, I've just revamped it. I've got a four-minute video speaking, but I've also shown the different things that I focus on and some great testimonials. But, uh, you know, at 62 years of age, I feel very blessed to have good health, uh, to have great passion, uh, to have a legacy with my daughters and my granddaughter. And just in a position to do, Mark, what you're doing, and I cannot thank you enough for having me, is to share great thoughts with people that could apply them and perhaps be able to impact their lives. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And you're right. Five years is going to go by fast. My daughters are 27 and 22. And it's like, weren't they just in diapers? What happened? And they just... Boom, they're they graduated college, they're out on their own. Yep. And it's like, but they were just little yep. babies. And so they do yeah. five years is gonna go by really, really fast. I, one of my friends on LinkedIn, he's got a uh, three year old. I'm like, Yeah, it won't be long before she's asking for the car keys. Uh, you're like, What happened? <laughs> they grow up so fast. So enjoy yeah. your family, uh, spend time reading and uh practice dual mentorship. So thank you, Brooke, so much for being on the show today. It was a delight having you. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate your time and I appreciate being on the show. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my upcoming live training on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern, technology and your productivity. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or on the banner at my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.